America is duplicating Israel. We were one nation under God. We were people who who believed in the Ten Commandments and followed the morals of the Bible. But man, we're so blessed that, man, they mock you if you're serving God. The, the, the talk shows and the night shows and, the, and, and, and our government is mocking serving God and bringing immorality into our country. But I'm telling you, God has always had a remnant of people. He's always had a remnant of people. But this one is the greatest. The rabbis, the Hebrew teaching is that in this, in this next period, coming into 2015, the Gentiles that see this, they will become God's bankers. And they will become so blessed that they'll never go through the valley again, that they will just from glory to glory to glory to glory usher in the coming of the Messiah. You know, listen to me. And then God spoke to me and he said, when, when America was founded, that wasn't the heyday. That was the beginning. And we've gotten better and stronger and bigger. When Israel became a nation, it was a, it was a, 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 a place of farms and goat herds. And look at it now. When Jerusalem got into the hands of the Jews, it was in rubble. But look at it now. And so when, no matter when you, you could get, if the Lord tarries, you could get in this five years from now. But the people who get in at the avos, at the peak of it, at the beginning of it, are going to see that 30, 60, that 100 fold, the Spirit of God being poured out. Look what he says. Look what he says here. He says, first he says there's going to be 70, be 70 weeks. And the, we know that these are the weeks of years. So the weeks of years is 490 years. 490 years. From the time of the birth of Abraham to the time of Israel coming out of Egypt, biblically, is 490 years. Numerically, it's actually 505 years. But in the biblical line, God does not count 15 years because for 15 years, Abraham thought Ishmael was his seed. But then when Isaac was born 15 years later, he realized Isaac was his seed and the calendar began again. From Abraham to uh, Exodus, 490 years. From Exodus to the building of the temple, 490 years, minus 111 years of captivity. And so from the building of the temple to the time of Jesus, 490 years. Daniel, they're in, they're in the Babylonian captivity. They're already in there. Gabriel gives Daniel a vision, and he says... Here's the vision of 70 weeks, or 70 weeks of years, 490 years. But then he breaks it down into seven weeks, which is a jubilee, and 62. Is that they looked at Daniel's prophecy of Israel coming out, and they began to celebrate because God had let them down. That's the whole thing of Esther becoming queen and the party and taking the implements of the temple. You know, every time God said he would deliver Israel, he did it on the exact day. But they took it and they looked at the timetable and they said, the 70 years is already gone. God has forsaken Israel. 
But the prophecy was not when the Jews left Israel. It's when the temple was destroyed. So they missed it. And here's where we miss it. Now look at this again. It says, uh, understand this prophecy. Verse 25. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The king, after Esther stands before her husband and God sets him free, her stepson becomes king. His name is King Astaxerus. He says to Ezra, Nehemiah, he said, go back and build the temple and Jerusalem. From the decree that he gives till the time the temple was completed with the walls of Jerusalem, not just the temple, but with the walls of Jerusalem was exactly one jubilee, seven weeks of years, exactly. So from the time he gives the decree till the time that the temple is dedicated is exactly that seven-week period. Now we have another 62. Now, there are many archaeologists that can say that on this exact year, the king gave that decree. I don't know that you can do that, but if you can do that, that this is the exact year or day that the decree was given, and it was, they say it's written down, it's the exact, exact day. On this day, on this year, the king gave the decree. Seven weeks, seven, 49 years, one jubilee later, the temple is, is, is dedicated. They say that exactly the next 62 weeks is the day that John the Baptist baptized Jesus. Exactly. I'm going to say this. Nobody, no, nobody knows when the Messiah is coming. Amen? We don't know the day or the hour. Some say, it was, some say it was the day Jesus was baptized. And if you look at archaeological evidence, it is. But whatever it is, it's when Jesus said, baptize me, John. So now we have 7 plus 62, which is 69. Where's the 70th week? Most scholars, and I agree... That when we get to the last week, we're not talking about weeks of years, but we're talking about seven years. Seven years. Look at verse 26. And after the 62 weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off and not for himself. Now, here's what some people are saying. Is that when Jesus was baptized by John, he started his ministry. Three and a half years later, he's cut off. Half of the last week. Look at verse 26 again. And this is why we lose a little bit of the translation in, in, from Hebrew to English. And after the 62 weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary 
The end of it shall be with a flood until the end of the war. Desolation are determined. Then he, the one who brings desolation, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. Let's say seven years. And I, and I believe, I agree with the scholars, seven years. So the one who's bringing abomination desolation will make a covenant with the Jews for one week. But in the middle of the week, three and a half years, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consumption which is determined is poured out, which is determined, is poured out, not on the desolate. All right. What most, what a lot of people think is that this seven years is the rapture. Now, let me say, I believe the rapture is going to take place like this. I'm a pre-tribulation I believe when we see these things begin to happen, look up, your redemption draws nigh, and we'll be gone, then I believe the Antichrist will come. But what if that, what Jesus is talking about there, is not the prophecy of Daniel? What if the 70 weeks of Daniel have already taken place? If they've already taken place then there is nothing except the latter rain that we're waiting for. So let's look at this, okay? 7 plus 62 is 69. All scholars, Jew, Gentile, agree that this is the coming of Christ. Or coming of Jesus. They won't say it's Christ, but coming of Jesus. Now the reason why, the reason why... Daniel is not called a prophet is because if you take all these things and add them up, it means the Messiah has already come. In Judaism, there are two main scholars that they follow the teachings of. One is Rashi and one is Mamamides. Let me quote you from Mamamides. Mamamides was born in uh, 1135 and lived at 12, till 1204. He was, he was alive during the time of Rabbi Uh, Judah ben Samuel. Listen to what he says concerning the prophecy of Daniel. It says, a person should not occupy himself with these and similar matters, nor should he consider them essential. For the study of them will neither bring fear nor love of God. And similarly, one should not try to determine the appointed time for the Messiah to come. Rather, one should wait and believe in general of the matter of the coming of the Messiah. Now, the reason he said that is he goes on and says, if we add these all up, it means the Messiah has already come. It means the Messiah has already come. Everybody knows of the Dead Sea Scrolls that came out of Qumran. Listen to this out of the Qumran scholar. The window of the Messiah, his arrival would, be, would have been somewhere between 10 B.C. and 2 A.D., the Dead Sea Scrolls. Let me read another one. 
there's a, 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 a way to study, and I don't mean to give you too much, there's a way to study the text of the Dead Sea Scrolls, and it's called the, um, the, Persher, uh, the, the Persher text, and, it's, and it, it means literally uh, the interpretation of a matter. Uh, but it says, the common teaching amongst the Dead Sea Scrolls is that there is a teacher of righteousness who has been sent to us by God to the Jews who will be opposed by a wicked priest or a teacher of lies. And it goes on to say that as far as we can understand, there are two comings of the Messiah. And of course, we know, and one is a servant, one is a king. And we know one comes in according to prophecy, one comes in on a donkey, one comes in on a, on a horse. One comes in as a servant, one comes in as the king, right? So they take all these things and they say, you know, I don't know if you understand this, but in Judaism, just read the Torah. Don't read these other things. Because if you read these other things, it shows that at least the first Messiah has already come. These numbers add up, and nobody, Jew or Gentile, can deny that. But what about the last week? Is this last week the week of years? So Jesus is baptized three and a half years later. He's cut off. He's crucified. Three and a half years later, he's crucified. But what if there's something even more to say? The 70 weeks is already gone. Now watch this. I was sitting there and praying about this, and I said, God, there's got to be something more. I'm sitting at my computer, and God spoke to me, and he said, go and study Pontius Pilate. So I I pulled up Pontius Pilate and the history of Pontius Pilate, and Pontius Pilate, who was there to judge Jesus, a couple years after Jesus dies, a couple years after, after Jesus is crucified, Pilate is called back to Rome. Now, I did a study on this, and for years and years, Rome, the emperor of Rome, rebuked Pilate because Pilate was continually desecrating Jerusalem with objects of idolatry. And Rome would say, stop that. Stop aggravating the Jews. They didn't want to fight with the Jews. They just wanted to collect the taxes. But Pilate, and I'm reading, you know, the history, Pilate was so mean and hated the Jews so much that he would constantly ignore the emperor's letters and bring in idolatry into Jerusalem. So finally, after the time of Jesus, he had stirred the Jews up so much they were getting ready to revolt because of idolatry in Jerusalem. So they bring Pilate back to Rome and he's disgraced and commits suicide. So here's the emperor, then he dies, and then another emperor. Long story short, here comes Nero. Nero is now emperor. And to keep the Jews from revolting, he didn't want, he didn't want to fight this war, this war, this war, this war, this war. And so to keep the Jews from revolting, he makes peace with the Jews and says, go ahead in your temple and make sacrifice. I know Pilate stopped it. I know Pilate brought idolatry, but go ahead on in and make sacrifice. So they begin to make sacrifice. But historically, 
three and a half years into the peace pact. Three and a half years into the peace pact in 66 AD, he changes his mind. He goes in and makes abomination desolation in the temple. And the Jews revolt. They said, this is enough. And, and, and Nero and his army, and then Nero dies and it goes on. But they, they kill 100,000 Jews in the Galilee. Over 100,000 Jews in the Galilee. And the rest of them that are hiding in the hills flees to Jerusalem. And hides behind the walls of Jerusalem. Until... Three and a half years later, when they destroyed the temple. Here's what, why Mamamides um, and these guys are saying, we can't study this because this completes the 70 weeks. Which means the only thing left for us to do is go from 67 into the next jubilee. And after that jubilee, look up, your redemption draws nigh. And the latter rain begins until the coming of the Messiah. That's all that's left. We don't have to wait for anything else. We can start expecting the favor and the power and the anointing and the supernatural and the signs and the wonders begin to fall on us now. Go with me to Matthew chapter 23. So looking at this, that this has, this has already happened at the time of Jesus. Not, not that it's going to happen. I believe it will happen again. Because in Hebrew, in every Hebrew, there's a greater and a latter. I believe we'll be raptured, we'll be caught up, Jews will begin to make sacrifice, and then the Antichrist will show up. I believe that. But I don't believe we have to wait to see the latter rain come because the 70th week, I believe, may have already happened. And if it has, is this what Jesus is talking about? Look with me in Matthew chapter 23. Look at verse, uh, look at verse for the sake of time. Uh, let's start with verse 36. Because Jesus is coming, he's riding on a donkey, he's saying, I sent you prophets, I did this, I did that, and you wouldn't pay attention. Now look at verse 36. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. Jesus is riding in. He's coming in, and he begins to weep. What's Jesus talking about here? Look at me, church. He's prophesying Daniel's prophecy. He's saying this, what Daniel said, would happen in the 70th week. This is about to happen. Look what he says. Assuredly, I say to you, all these things will come upon this generation. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who killed the prophets and stoned those who were sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him and showed him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say unto you, Not one stone shall be left upon another, that there shall not be thrown down. Now he sat down on the Mount of Olives, and his disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, 
When will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming? But a lot of those words right there are italicized. And when they're italicized, it means man has added them. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not troubled. For all these things must come to a pass. But the end is not yet. Now listen to me. This is a, 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 another explanation of this. Luke 21, 24. Look at, look at verse 20. Luke 21, 20. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that the, that the desolation is near. Then let those in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart. Let that them who are in the country enter. For these are the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. But woe to those who are pregnant and, and to those who are nursing babies and to those, for there will be great distress in the land and wrath upon the people, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and, and led away into captivity into all the nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled." And there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth and distress and the nations in perplexity. All right, let me tie it down here. Watch this. This is going to blow your mind. Jesus is talking about two major events. Woe unto those who are nursing a child and pregnant. If you read the historian Josephus who was there when Rome surrounded Jerusalem, Rome surrounded Jerusalem for a couple years, starved them to death. And he says, gives a depiction of what was taking place with babies who had died while people are starving. And when Rome came in and, 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 and hacked everybody with the sword, he says the screams were unimaginable. This is a Jew that wrote this down, one of the greatest historians in history. So he's talking about this abomination of desolation, not someday, but during the time of Jesus, because they went in. And if you go to Rome today, you'll see a thing called Titus's arch. And it's an arch made to Titus who conquered Jerusalem, walking out of the temple with the menorah, with the table of showbread, with the holy of holies. It's there to this day called the Titus Arch. Go Google it. And they went in and they brought abomination of desolation in the temple. Exactly. Jesus is quoting what Daniel said would happen at the end of the 70 weeks. But then he gives a new prophecy. He said, and they will be dispersed from Jerusalem until... The time of the Gentiles is over. And in June 1967, Israel, for the first time since the destruction of the temple on that day of the abomination desolation, Israel walked in to the temple and put their hands on the temple and walked on the temple for the first time. And the the, the time of the Gentiles called controlling Jerusalem is over. From that time, we have one more jubilee. And that jubilee begins on Yom Kippur, 2015, September 23rd. And then the last 
blood moon and the world will change forever. And I believe we're going to see the outpouring of God as we've never seen before. Somebody shout amen. Stand with me all over the building. Stand with me. You know, you know that this has to be God in showing us all these things. From the prophecy of Rabbi, from the four blood moons, from the prophecy of Daniel, from our own calendar, you look at you, it, NASA is shouting, wake up America, wake up world. You know, you think about it, the number seven symbolizes, I wrote it down so I'd say it exactly from Hebrew to English. The number seven symbolizes the completed purpose of God with man. The number eight symbolizes man's ability to transcend the limitations of physical existence and live a level above the natural. Let me leave you with this as we look at all this. A Hebrew quote. The end of a thing is in its beginning. And the beginning of a thing is in its end. The end of a thing, the end of an era, the end of the way that we know the world, the end of the seven blood moons, but the eighth is the beginning. And the reason why I, 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 I take so long to teach this is I, even if you don't understand, maybe you're here for the first time and you go, what in the world? And, and you go, blood moons, I don't understand it, but boy, I can feel it. We got you covered. We've got you covered. It's like the ones who came into the field at dawn and the ones who came in right before the payday came. But the reason I'm, I'm taking so much time to do this is to let you know, to understand, whether you got, you don't have to know all the dates and everything. All you have to know is, boy, this is the season. The world changed in 1492. The world changed in 1948. The world changed in 1967. And the world's going to change 2014, 2015. 